This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Hey team, thanks for hopping on. Sorry, that's my dog Melvin barking at the mailman. You can't hear anything? That's because my Acer Swift Go 14 has Acer Purified Voice, which suppresses background noise. Here, I'll tell you what he's saying. Unlock AI on the go with the Swift Go 14, featuring an Intel Core Ultra 9 processor. Visit Acer.com to learn more. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got Freddy. Always coming in spoopy. Always and forever. David, still ain't here. <gasps> Been three damn weeks. I think, we, I, I don't know what's happening. Is he alive? No, he's doing just fine. I texted him last Did the week. horror version get sacrificed? Did he? Because he's a... No. Oh, I saw it. You're going oh, there. He's going oh. with a trope. Motherfucking trope, everybody. But no, he's doing good. He's, he's he'll doing be good. back on the next one, hopefully. Some crazy shit with his schedule got switched around to where he's not able to make these certain recordings. So he'll be back, though. Don't you worry. Don't you worry your pretty little head. But we are still a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to this show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, brand new month. Last month was like really fucking long. It was two months long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last month was two months, weird to say. But Fun. we were celebrating it so, Stephen King. So it was great. fucking awesome. We had so many great things to say with The Shining, Dr. Sleep, oh. two-parters for Dr. Sleep. Absolutely insane. So y'all survived that month. Thank y'all for listening. Absolute blast. We had a great guest as well. We did. Shout out. We definitely yeah. did. Um, so it, it's super great being able to do all this shit. It, it's a lot of fun. Yes. But 
with the fact that we did have this month of Stephen King, we missed Hispanic Heritage Month. We were just like, nah, fuck that. We're going back. We're bringing it back for a whole nother month for November. So that's what we decided to do. We're Why? We brought it back. Because we can. Because we can. Because we can. And Freddie, a lot of folks that don't know, Freddie is Guatemalan. Yes, I am. And David is uh, Salvadorian. So, and I'm actually mixed with Salvadorian as well. So, surprise, surprise. This is, you're going to learn a lot of sides of us this time around. See, 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 see. All of it's going to be in Spanish from here on out. Okay. Ahora que vamos a hablar. Most white Um But no, seriously, this month is actually going to be extremely special. This is our Hispanic Horrors Month. Very excited for this month. Very excited to kick this month off. Um, We were trying to get some guests for this month, and we might have a guest uh, lined up for the end of this month, depending on how things go with our schedules, because things have been a little crazy lately. But we'll see how this all goes. But to kick off this particular month, we're going to be talking about the Shutter exclusive La Irona. First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts? Ah, man, this movie. So this movie has a little special place in my heart just because it opened a lot of doors for myself, Mm. really. Um, La Llorona is actually, I mean, the story itself, La Llorona, is told in a lot of Hispanic countries and stuff like that, too. Right. Uh, I was just talking to my friend that I was hanging out earlier today, and she was telling me, it's like, oh, yeah, the Mexican story is way different than the story you're telling me right now, too. I was just about to ask that. Is the story different in those countries? Yes. Okay. I mean, very much so on this one, because this is very specific to the tale that they're telling. Right. Where where the big forefront of the story of this movie is the Guatemalan genocide that happened and talking about that whole entire storyline with La Llorona the I guess I don't know, what would you call it it's not really a story it's a like a, a tale uh, like a fairy tale yeah. yeah it's something like you would tell your kids to like oh behave or La Llorona is gonna come take you right yeah right and and for those who don't know um what love it Oh my gosh! Oh, tongue twister. Yes. Mariona, um stands for it's uh, it means the weeping woman in yes. Spanish. Um, this is more of a background thing in this movie, right. and me being Guatemalan, I've always accepted my like identity and my heritage and stuff like that. But this movie really made me research. After I saw this movie, I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna text my sister." It's like, "Did you know about this?" What really went down? Like, is this guy a real person? I even remember this very vividly of me just like asking so many questions to my sister because my sister's like on that shit. Like, really? She's always on. She's really into history. She's really into just like um, justice and making sure everything's like everything's run well and knowing history to not have it repeat itself is a big thing. So that's all she studied. So um, she was a really good resource. She gave me a lot of good links, a lot of good YouTube videos. That's awesome. And I just went through like the history of Guatemala in general. That's awesome. And then we're like going looking at like places and how those places were developed and the people who were involved and how like yeah. the government came in. Um, and it's just constant like leadership was just all bad. And oh, the person that God. replaced them was all bad. It's just like, oh, it was, it's still uh, bad today. I was like, yo, what the hell? The, it's like the general's name was Efren, right? Efren Rios Mont. I believe something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I could double the, check too, but but yeah, that, that dude was horrible. Right, that dude but was like a scary person. This movie is gorgeous to look at. The cinematography yeah. is great. I think the acting is very top tier. 
although it's very subtle. Mm. There's not a lot of huge performances, but the little scenes that they have, they absolutely captivate you and your attention and you're paying attention of what's really going on, even if something's not really happening. Um, it's one of those movies where it's very slow paced. It's a slow burn, but at the same time, you're never bored with it. Yeah. You're always intrigued of what's going on. And it's really good at having tension build. Right. And when we talk about some of the scenes, that's like, oh, this is just like a car ride. And then it starts building up on pressure. And it's like, oh, now they have to get out of the car. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, they're really good at building up to an event. And I, I feel like every scene is very powerful in its own way because it leaves you with like a lasting image at the very end of that scene. And you're just like, cool. That makes sense of that. Why that was in there. There's nothing that like doesn't make sense in this movie, to yeah. be honest. And I agree with that. I uh, I think this movie is a movie that is very meticulous. And um, for those that are expecting scares from this movie, you're not going to get that. No. Like you, you're going to get maybe some aspects of feeling a little creeped out, but you're not going to really get scares. Like th- this movie is not truly a horror film in its nature. However, it is horrific the events that go on and it's mm. also I find it very important like I find this movie to be extremely important I learned some things that I that I didn't know and um, I've also wanted to take a deeper dive because I believe like this was called the silent holocaust because a lot of people didn't really talk about it or know about it and things like that and the fact that it happened like r- like recently like maybe what 30 40 years ago right so like the, the fact that, that it happened that I think 40 years ago exactly 1981 so, like, the fact that it happened that recently is fucking scary. Like, that's terrifying. So, with with this movie is perceived and how it's told in the tale of uh, something so folkloric like The Weeping Woman, where y- you are... And it, it, it's beautiful the way they even make it work, where it's, like, right. how she chooses her, her victims to plot her revenge and things like that. And, and, and how she turns everyone against that person and it's it's great like it's really interesting on how this story is perceived and how the story is told um to see in a in a very different way um and, and like i said this movie is definitely not going to be for everyone because you may go on expecting something else but you know it's you're not going to get like tigers are, are not afraid in this, you're not going to get terrified. You're not going to get the, those other types of uh, amazing Hispanic horror films um, from something like this. Um, but you're 100% not going to get the Chris Eladiona. <laughs> right. Like, this is very different compared to that as well. And, and if and you stumbled on this confused. episode thinking that's that movie, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm very it's a different movie that we're talking about. And I'm also not sorry because that movie's not good. <laughs> the right. Chris Eladiona is not good at all. Um, but it, it's, it's just fascinating to see how all of this is just pitched and um the way this movie perceives this tale very very immaculate in some yeah. ways so it's a great way to shine a light on a very dark time in yeah. history very strong writing yeah extremely strong extremely great strong. costume design too oh yeah so absolutely good. incredible everyone looks gorgeous everyone does look gorgeous in and what they're like, wearing yeah I mean, right. they I all, they're all great looking people too you're right okay, i know what you mean i know what yeah, you mean. Like, <laughs> just everything aesthetically looks pleasing in this movie i agree and the way even the way everything is placed like this this oh, yeah. movie we'll, is, we'll talk about is some very scenes. meticulous on how it's shot it's yes. damn near shot like a play 
Yeah. And it's fucking incredible. Like, yeah. it, it, honestly, it, this movie is gorgeous. Probably one of the most gorgeous movies I've seen. It is just, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. But let's go and just jump straight up into this. La Riona, directed by Haro Bustamante, released August 6th, 2020. Runtime of one hour and 36 minutes. And a no budget, no box office um, with a rating of 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. We wow. open to an older woman named Carmen whispering prayers with tears in her eyes. Other women sitting next to her whispering prayers as well. And I already love this. Like yeah. the opening shot is just her centered in the frame gorgeous. and you're just like, what, what is this? Gorgeous. Like, and they're all holding hands. It feels kind of ritualistic. Like it, you kind of don't know what you're going to get yourself into. As the camera moves away, it continues showing a hauntingly spiritual scene of, of the group of women praying. Then title card cut to an old dictator, Enrique Monteverde, uh, looking out of the window, drinking while uh, being briefed on how to appear in court. Uh, and and you can tell right off the bat how scared they are. Like all the yeah, men, they're everyone. like, "Fuck, dude!" Like if like, if this he goes down, we all, we go, all down. go down. Like what the fuck? Like you know. So like you can definitely tell how afraid they are, and how you're just like, "Yeah, y'all fucked up." Like y'all definitely were doing some shit you shouldn't have been doing. And I like how they like they set the stage of like everyone's taking this very serious, right? So like don't even like start to look down. That's yeah. going to show like sign of weakness or you feel bad or something like that. But all of, all the people in the room are just like on the same page, right? Except for Enrique, like I feel like Enrique already in his mind was just like, I got nothing to feel ashamed about. Like, right. what I did was wasn't wrong or whatever, and he genuinely felt that. So he felt that what he did wasn't a bad thing. Right. So it and that makes it even more fucked up to say because he felt like what he was doing was, um. It's supposed to happen pretty much like he was just like nonchalant about the whole shit yeah. in a way and he didn't feel guilty uh they're trying to encourage all of them to uh that they are heroes and not victims while mm -hmm. another speaks about them being next to enrique goes uh, about them being next if enrique goes down outside of the room enrique and his family are thanking people for coming while the uh mayan maids wrap uh, wrap up and turn off the lights. Enrique's daughter, uh, Natalia, and her daughter, Sarah, are in their room. Sarah gets in bed while her mom continues looking at her computer. She asks her mom, why do people say her grandpa does bad things? Natalia wonders if she, if she heard this from her friends, but she saw it on the internet. She doesn't respond to her. Cut to one of the housekeepers, Val, uh, Valer, Valeriana? I, I think that's correct. Valer, Valeriana. That's a hard one for it's me to say, everybody. My apologies. Um, praying in her native uh, Mayan, Mayan tongue, Kachikal. And I, I believe that's how you say her language, Kachikal. Um, Kachikal, yeah. Yeah. So she, pray, she prays over Enrique and his family, begging for their protection. Hmm. And you can clearly see how devoted she is. Right. Like her devotion to Enrique and his family are just like top tier. And right. he's this guy who's done all this terrible shit, and yet she's been with that family for 27 years, we find out She has later. that loyalty, I guess, yeah. Right. It you know what it reminds me of? reminds me of Django. Like how oh, Samuel yeah, Jackson's yeah. character in Django was so devoted, devoted to... to uh, what was his name? Candy or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but how he, he was devoted to Robert, or I was gonna say Robert. Like he was disgusted by Leonardo everyone else. He's like, no, why are you doing this? Right. 
he is speaking like and exactly. I was like, oh my god! Like, like dude, and that's what this felt like. This felt yeah. similar to the that undying devotion. Where yeah, you family. Just, even if you felt it was wrong, right. you still had that devotion to that family. And I remember, like, obviously, my mom's from Guatemala, and they grew up in a place called Antigua. Antigua is actually like a really nice city, like really fucking nice, pretty upscale, and. Having maids is actually a very common thing, or at least it felt that way because a lot of households had maids. Oh, and I never even realized that until like as an adult, it's like, oh, that's not really a common thing most places, right? And the big thing is like they're all they're all like part of the family, right? They're always there, they're always taking care of you and stuff like that, whatever you need. And, and it was a weird thing. It's like because this person takes care of someone that much on a day to day basis. I can kind of see where that loyalty comes from. It's like, no matter what they do, they're the ones that provide for me. They give me a shelter or whatever yeah. the context is. Does that make it right or wrong? I don't know. That's so interesting. I, yeah. I, I've heard of something similar to this. My buddy, of my, a friend of mine in college, uh, Anwar, he uh, went to, um, he went back to Afghanistan. Mm. And when he was in Afghanistan, like his dad, had like servants and things like that and he would tell me he was like they would love when i would come because he was the only person nice to them and i was like that's fucking horrible yeah that's like dude what holy shit like oh my god like that that just feels so that that makes me feel so icky (laughs) i want to go back to Guatemala as an adult and relive or not relive but like have a different perspective yeah and seeing like oh yeah, Just you like might, really, might have like a separate outcome and right. Yeah. Really analyze like it's a different country that runs completely different from us, right? And I used to be in that situation. I used to I went to Guatemala like several times as a kid, but I probably haven't been back since I was like twelve. Oh wow! So yeah, huge gap there. Seriously, yeah, man, you definitely eat some good food. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Enrique has woken up out of his sleep in the middle of the night, hearing sounds of creaking and wisps through his room. He's tr- he tries to go back to sleep, but the sound continues. Carefully removing his wife's hand from his side, he gets out of bed, grabbing his glasses and checking his watch. About to lie back down, he overhears a woman crying in the room next door. Cautiously going to check it out, he leaves to the closest. To, uh, he leaves to the uh, closet to grab one of his mini guns. This dude, dude this is fucking loaded. packed. Like all several shit. rifles. <laughs> and the display of it too. It's like, like dude, like, yo. Holy shit, like, was it fucking Boondock Saints? Like, what's going on here? My God. You can tell he's like a trained professional, too, of how he carries that gun, too. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he, like, he, he was a spy ready. movie? What the he fuck? was ready. Like, oh, my God. The shower comes on. As he continues creeping into the bathroom, he turns on the light, approaching the shower, moving the curtain and the flow of water, slowing down. He turns the tub water off, then sits on the edge. The crying continues. He moves downstairs, gun at the ready to check out the sound. Enrique continues toward toward the weeps into the kitchen his wife comes into the room he turns around and immediately shoots at her he doesn't hit her but he shoots at her jesus christ like he was he was ready paranoia exactly and i love how quickly this starts That's this true. this well this is both good and also the detriment to the rest of the movie because this makes it feel like it is going to be a full-on paranormal ghost story. Right. We hear her crying right away. Exactly. It's like we know what the La Llorona is. Exactly. We're so you're, you're, you're thrown into this with maybe a separate expectation. And the rest of the movie definitely is clearly not going to follow the lead of this. Mm. Um, so it's this is 
awesome, but at the same time, it is also the detriment to why I think a lot of people, um, even though a lot of people really enjoyed this movie, but I think a lot of like casual horror film watchers or maybe a horror fan who has never heard of this and wants to turn it on because the poster's actually really fucking creepy. Yeah. With the veil and it, like it looks so like there's good. like a ghost hiding inside the, the veil. The trailer made it look that way too. I never saw the trailer. So yeah. I, that's, that's, see, so that's another thing. But it kind of leans more towards like um, the courtroom talk and stuff like that too. Oh, okay. Because they show that inside the trailer. Right, right. Okay. That makes sense. She screams for the security guard, Latona, Valerie, I want to call her Valerina, uh, Valeriana, <laughs> coming inside the room trying to wrestle the gun out of his hand. It, dude, I'm just like, fuck, this is so, dude, this is so dangerous. Yeah. Holy shit, let Latona do this. Wait for him. Like, I get it, though. Like, down for the cause. She's, you know, right. she's like, she's in it. She's like, fuck it. I'm done. I would take a bullet for this family. Because she's getting thing. choked right now. And it's like, yeah, intense. Like, it's really intense the way she's wrestling this gun away. And he's fighting back. Yeah. He's like, like I'm he's not letting like, go of this gun. It's right. Like, and he's you know like, who you just shot at? Right. Your wife. It's scary. He screams that he heard a woman weeping as she tries um, as she tries to continue wrestling the gun. Latona runs into the room, grabbing the gun, telling him that um, it is Valer- uh, Valeriana, Enrique ordering him to search all the rooms and that he- they have a spy. He acknowledges, but tells him, um, let her go first. The housekeepers are all being interrogated as and asked if they heard a crying inside the house. They shake their head. A woman comments in uh, Kachikel. Um, <laughs> am I saying that correctly? I think so. Kachikal? I feel like that's correct. I, I have the pronunciation here. Kachikal? Kachikal. I think. That sounds better. Yeah. That sounds better. I mean, you should just say from now on. <laughs> 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 that, that it is um, um, her, quote unquote, um, as she, another asks if Enrique hurt, hurt, hurt her near or far. And I like, I do like this that you can tell there is definitely a separation mm. because they are speaking a different language. And um, how uh, the rest of them are speaking Spanish, and the one who has to be the interpreter is Valeriana. And right. that I actually really like that because you really can see how much of a separation they actually truly have from each other. It's true. Because yeah. uh, Cachiquel um, yeah. is, is very different than Spanish. Like it yeah. felt like it. Like it's not like Portuguese, where yeah. you can kind of pick up a little Still words Latin, here and there, but, or uh, Latin rooted. But yeah, it's completely different. Right? Yeah. Even like, and even same thing with like Tagalog. Right? Like Tagalog is even another uh, language that you can kind of pick up words here and there because of the Spanish undertones right. and things like that. And I won't talk too much of like where I work because you know conflict of interest and stuff like that. But like sure. every time they need like a Spanish speaker, I'm always there. And then every time they need a Portuguese speaker, You're they always there. call me. I'm just like, I don't speak Portuguese. You no, know, I don't I'll speak try. Portuguese. And I'll I'll try, but some words I'm just like, this I have no, is, idea, what I have no idea what you want. <laughs> what do you want? It's like I can speak Spanish and hopefully you'll understand me. Yeah. And that will get us closer. But it's like, oh man. Every time they it's make tough. the assumption that I can understand Portuguese, I'm just like, just because some of the words sound similar, I'm not gonna have a full on conversation <laughs> with this person. I'm gonna pull up my phone and pull up Google Translate. Yeah, something that you I could have also hate done. When that happens. Yeah. I feel like I have to be more vocal about it, but that's fair. Yeah. You should be. But there's always this, you know, separation. Know your value. Know your language. That's true. huge. 
He heard it close to his ear, meaning that she isn't near. Valeriana tells them to shut up, and Natalia asks for an interpretation, but she claims that they said nothing. She comments that Enrique is just getting old. Natalia um, asking for his gun, Valeriana handing it to her. She hands it to Latona as she as she tells her father that she can't allow him to uh, have it for everyone else's sake. Next day, Natalia is inspecting the hole while drinking espresso with her mother. She and I, I love so their, Yeah, I love like how it's just like eh, fucking another day. Another yeah, day, call another carpenter. Or something yeah, exactly. Like She's like, oh, I'll call another carpenter next week so we can get this fixed. She mentions that they need to call a carpenter while touching the hole. Carmen comments about Enrique losing his mind with all. All of that has happened. Natalia blaming him on, on possible Alzheimer as she jokes that she that he's still a good he's good at shooting. Now this is interesting because at this point you don't understand that Natalia is a doctor. So at this moment you don't know that. You don't have that context right. that Natalia is a doctor. Uh Carmen now finding it amusing uh, amusing since he could have killed her. <laughs> I mean I don't blame you for not finding that amusing. <laughs> um, Variana shares that all the servants want to leave. Natalia instructing them that it isn't the right time and that they need to help. They need help. They need help with Enrique, adding that they treat them like family, giving them food, and that nobody will treat them like that if they leave. I mean, that's fucked up to you, I think, too. Yeah, like Jesus. Like now, you're you're giving these people kind of this ultimatum like if you leave you get no food like you're not gonna have a place to work you're not gonna have a place to live like damn asking for them to think about it uh, valiana commenting that they are afraid carmen rebuttals calling them ungrateful such a fucked up thing wow what a rich thing to say yeah very spoiled Jesus. Natalia calls um letona to get the car ready because it isn't it isn't or it is getting too late. Another housekeeper whispers in Valeriana's ear. She, uh, she shares the message about them wanting their benefits before they leave. Carmen just comments that nobody else will hire them, then ask if her husband is ready. Cut to them in the, in the car, on their way to the hearing. I love how they fucking just dip at the, uh, the though. Right. <laughs> like, they just leave it like that. Fuck that thing. Like, we're it's out like of no here. No one's going to hire them. Yeah. Cut to All the right. next scene. <laughs> Damn. A woman, a woman in a, in a colorful veil, speaking in through the microphone. A man interprets that the gorilla, fl- the gorillas fled when they heard the army was near, and she didn't see it coming. She grabbed her children and ran when she saw the fire. She continues speaking for a moment longer. The man interprets, "Quote, violence came so abruptly." End quote. She continues going all over, all over the things that the soldiers did, uh, setting crops and houses on fire, separating the women and children from the men, and this is just absolutely heartbreaking to hear. And this, yeah. and this, this next part here, just want to give a quick trigger warning, everyone. Um, the next line that I am going to say is going to be dealing with um, acts of rape on uh, women and children. So, fair warning. If skip ahead a few seconds if you need to. Uh, the children and women were raped and then the killing began, but some managed to run for the mountains, the clouds protecting them from, from the helicopters yet there was no food. So they had no choice to go down. Um, uh, the 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 soldiers, I don't know why I always want to say shoulders when I say soldier. Oh my God. See, it's fucking hard. 
Words. They're stupid. <laughs> they were caught and taken to the military base. The soldiers um, had their way with the women and others, and they didn't do anything since they were in their homes. She lifts her veil as she continues the horrendous story, commenting that she isn't embarrassed to, to share her story, hoping that they aren't embarrassed for committing justice. Meanwhile, the Dalia and Latona are sitting outside as they overhear a reporter going over the witness, the witness and what her father denies, speaking on the acts of genocide toward the Mayan people around 1982 and 83, killing 3,000 people a month. Fucking insane. 3,000 people a month. Are you fucking that kidding me? This is a very scary-ass number. Jesus Christ. Um, and to, to quickly talk about that scene, that's probably my favorite shot of this whole entire movie. That's With beautiful. the witness. Yeah. Because it starts off right on in front of her face and the camera pans out backwards slowly throughout the entire thing yeah and it's just one take yeah all and one take a even, lot of one takes in this movie and when you hear like the interpreter you don't know who's really talking that's and then true. he comes into frame right after like midway through the story and you're like oh that's the guy who's been like interpreting and everything it's like right, right next to him and you don't even know and, it's an interpretation at first like you right. may even think that it's like the judge talking well the, the thing about this movie is like it kind of leaves the viewer hanging yes. at first and then it like because it you, doesn't give you those right. subtitles for you don't the, get, yeah, um, you don't get the sub, like she's talking for a solid like maybe 20 seconds you're like i don't know what she's saying where did the subtitles go right and then you hear the interpretation it's like oh this guy's interpreting that guy. right that's cool um even the veil itself looks gorgeous so whatever they did it looks they made beautiful. a great job with that because it has like that blue turquoise color and all of the people in the background are wearing like dark gray brown color so it just pops off on the screen and it's just gorgeous to look at your eyes directly get immediately like pointed out to the middle to like follow her absolutely what a beautiful shot it is it's an absolute gorgeous shot and i'm I'm right there with you and it's um i i had a, a couple of facts up here for the horrible things that have happened where the main aspect of it uh, the military carried out 626 massacres against oh, the Mayan people and that's only that is only ones that were actually noted because there were massacres forced disappearances torture and summary executions of of uh guerrillas and especially civilian uh, collaborators at the hands of security forces had been widespread since 1965 and was a long-standing policy of the military regime, which U.S. officials were aware of. Of course. Damn. Fucking course they were. Jesus Christ. Over 200,000 children ha- um, had been lost, had lost at least one parent in the war. Wow. God. Jesus. That is horrible and this this whole scene is really haunting because of the true aspects behind it right having the direct witness has the one telling the story too it's like this is what happened to me personally not telling like what happened to other people like this was my story it's like yo like we we escaped we climbed up this mountain but there was no food so when we went to get food i got caught yeah and then this is what happened next right it's like damn yeah um, one thing to also note as well that may seem a little confusing, this movie is present day. It's supposed mm. to be present day, but yet they're talking about events that happened in the 80s. 
So that's one thing that may seem a little confusing in the beginning. They uh, they get up to go inside, walking past a reporter as she continues speaking. Enrique is on the stand, his lawyer sharing that he, did, he didn't propose, sign, or order the Guatemalan army to attack a specific race, ethnic group, or religious group. The, uh, this being the reason that there was no considered genocide. He gives the floor to Enrique. Enrique admits how important the trial is, but demands respect on Guatemala. His intention was to create a national identity. Some someone from the crowd interrupts, calling him a murderer. Rightfully so. Enrique pleads not guilty, claiming that he doesn't understand what he's even being accused of. The judge reminds him that there were witnesses, witness testimonies, and official documents that were presented, which considered the Mayan um, exil people to be enemies. Thirty-eight percent of the victims were under twelve. As she was, as she is going over the evidence, Carmen whispers to Natalia in the crowd. She looks over at the Mayan people, at the Mayan woman in their veils, at the Mayan women in their veils. Enrique is found guilty on genocide. Jesus. Yeah. Everyone clapping and cheering. Reporters jamming microphones in his face. He's being wheeled out in his wheelchair. He's coughing and having an, an actual attack. Natalia screaming to get him to a hospital. And it's just like, wow, a lot is happening in this scene. moment. And this is kind of like, this is the very first thing where it kind of talks about like what I was talking about, actually. Yeah. It's like, it's very slow paced at first and then it just blows up. Right. And it's just like, damn, this is the end of the scene where it's like, yeah, this is going to leave you with a lasting impact. Yeah. And it's just scene after scene exactly like that starts off slow. And Do then you feel has that punch at the very end. I agree. Do you feel... um? empathy for him in no, this moment to be honest i don't either especially the second time I watched him like i already know everything you've right. done yeah i know the ending so i'm like nah right yeah I, like, I feel zero i mean i'm thinking like him. why is this happening now and not years prior it's like you got to live a good life for a, a good chunk of time 40 years yeah <laughs> so i'm just like 40 know. extra years Enrique is in his hospital bed smoking as a nurse pours him a drink. She kindly asks him to put the cigarette out. He compliments her by by calling her an angel. Carmen and and Natalia are sitting sitting in a row of empty chairs. She asks Carmen um, if if her dad actually did that and gave or gave the orders. Carmen calling the witness the witnesses prostitutes, asking if she believes them more than her father. She calls them whores paid to lie. Jesus. Natalia not believing that this could be all made up, but Carmen sharing that Enrique claims that they they came to the base offering themselves to them. And the generals kindly offered them cleaning jobs, but the low-ranked soldiers used them as sex objects. Not saying that's not true, but I'm pretty sure the generals had their way with them as well. I'm sure. Natalia reminds her mom that they would argue every time he would leave for the base, crying because other women were there. Carmen feels that, that this is normal since all the generals were men and the women were there to tempt them. She speaks over Natalia, but she she comments about everything else and not just sex. Carmen not understanding what side she is on, hoping that she doesn't believe them. She asks who, um, who has she been seeing, thinking that they already have convinced her. Natalia just wants to know if she knows what happened. Carmen wants Wanting to move on so the country can continue growing. Considering what is um, what is in the past to be in the past and they shouldn't look back. Forbidding Natalia from thinking um, whatever she is thinking. And I really like Natalia in this moment 
mainly because one, she's sticking up and she's challenging her mom. Right. And two, she's also doing this thing with her legs where you can tell she's getting more and more frustrated. So she's switching her legs back and forth each time. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So like she does this, she has this tick, um, to where she's switching her legs because of how frustrated she's getting with her mom. And I think this is fucking fantastic. This is also another one take. All one take. It's fucking insane. Uh, and there's multiple and one takes. It's not a regular this. zoom in. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And one thing that is also really interesting in this moment as well is the fact that um, she also said that uh, Carmen says this thing to Natalia about, um, oh, when did you become so left? Right. Yeah. So you can very much understand they come from a very conservative background on how they view things. And um, I mean, fuck, her dad was a dictator. Right. So like, like you can definitely tell like where they're coming from, where this uh, more of this uh, conservative aspect. Um, but this movie is extremely political and rightfully so. This movie deserves right. to, it, yeah. to serve politics in this light because a lot of fucked up shit happened. <laughs> Got to them sitting in the hospital room listening to the news regarding Enrique. The reporter reporting that the Constitutional Court annulled the trial. Damn. Representatives from the um, private sector praised the decision, with um, which insists that there is no evidence proving that there was gen- genocide. Commenting that Enrique could be released this afternoon, the crowd cheers. The con- uh, she continues that the news has been re- uh, reacted negatively from the Mayan people, pointing to the, the corruption and impunity problems inside of Guatemala. They are outside walking through through the crowd of reporters, one specifically trying to get an interview with, with Natalia. And this is when you find out she's a doctor um, yeah. because the, the reporter says, I want to get an interview with the doctor. And he starts talking to Natalia from behind the gate. The lawyer doesn't want uh, want her to uh, want her to speak at this time, asking for them to close the gate and not allow her in. The uh, the woman calls out to Natalia, bringing up her daughter's father, asking how long has he been missing? This was weird. Yeah, they don't really bring this up that often too in the movie. Well, they bring it up a lot actually, like the I've, fact well, that I, yeah, I guess yeah. But they don't, but we don't expand it. on it. Yeah, yeah. We Very only good. That's what I wanted to we say. We only get that glimpses moment with her later with um Alma when she's speaking to Alma about her husband husband or, like or her I don't even know what was her husband. I just think it was a fling. And huh. it, they just talked about like the personality That's true. behind yeah. it, and now, and I, I didn't understand the why we brought him up so often, and I guess that will be the only reason why is so she can have this moment with Alma, where it's like a little bit of a connection. It could but, be, yeah. I don't know. It just felt odd that everyone cared about this guy. And we were just like, okay, what's the what's the setup here? Like, what's going to be the, the point to him. do this? Right, that's what it felt like. It felt like like the dad was the killer He's all along, missing. or like maybe maybe uh, Enrique killed him or ordered him to die or something like that. But it might even go with the fact that it has something to do with like the disappearances and things like right. that. So forced disappearance. Uh, the lawyer coming back to her, telling her to mind her own business and to not bring that up. Cut to the Monteverde family riding in the ambulance, the driver honking his horn while they prep up Enrique with a bulletproof vest before leaving out. They give instructions on what to do when 
uh, when they get out of the van. As they get closer, thudding and banging is happening on the other side. Latona instructs them to be alert as he comments that this is a peaceful demonstration. Dude, they're fucking I throwing rocks at the scene. van. I love this scene so much. It's great. Because all he says is like 250 meters out, he has like his chest on there. Yes. Or uh, the bulletproof vest. The bulletproof vest, yeah. And this yeah, is a beast. Of course, he has his chest. Um, <laughs> his bulletproof vest. And it's still very quiet, very tonely, like, like yeah, quiet, essentially. Yeah. There's not much going on. And then it just builds and then builds. And then, like, 200 meters. 100 meters. It's like a countdown. It's like, and you start and hearing louder, louder, bangs, louder, and like, louder. These like, bangs as they get and closer. He starts yelling. It's like you have to get further. It's like, it's like we like, can't. This, this is it. This oh, is man. it. It's such great tension building. I love it. I agree. The banging continues louder and harder. The van stops. One of them puts on a SWAT gear while the Thona continues his instructions. Excuse me. They open the doors. Trying to rush everyone out of the van as quickly as possible, someone's um, throwing something with blood inside, getting it over Natalia. They push through the angry crowd as quickly as they can, making it into the house. Still in a slight uh, panic, Carmen asking if they hurt him. He calls for Latona. Valeriana checks on them, Carmen calling them savages. He asks for Dora to draw him a bath. Valeriana mentions that the whole staff left. <laughs> and I love Damn. how she does this too. She's just like, oh, she she left. All right, call so and so. They all like they all left. Yeah, and she's nonchalant, just helping. Right, like you know, I'm the only one here. Like you know, I'll do it, kind of thing. The Dona um, helps him off the stretcher as Carmen wants to call for more help immediately. Valeriana takes him up, commenting that she has already called for help. Latona checks on, the, on Natalia as she hugs her daughter. She comments that she uh, she is in for him, that she is uh, for... Wait, she comments that she is in... I don't know what I was trying to say, but whatever. Sarah asks if they hurt her because of the blood, but it isn't It isn't her blood. She cleans off Sarah's face as she tries to calm her down because she gets some of the blood on top right. of her. Sarah wants to go home, but Natalia assures her that she is, she is with her. Enrique is resting while Latona is sitting across from him. Enrique hears the sobbing again. He wakes up, noticing Latona across from him sitting. He asks Latona if he's, if he's been there long, and he agrees. En- Enrique asks if he heard someone crying, but Latona didn't. Shocked by that answer, he gets up, Latona helping him up. Um, they go to the window, Enrique staring at the crowd, Latona commenting up for him to not expose himself. He calls on the walkie to clear the back half. Enrique puts on his, his glasses. He notices a woman in white walking peacefully through the crowd. She stops right in front of the police force, staring up at Enrique. Fuck. Yeah. The camera this angle is so great that looks you just focus great. on her. Focusing directly on her. There's people moving around her. And this is beautiful. And she looks fucking pissed. She looks really mad. And she looks rightfully upset. Yeah. And I love how he's just like, okay, I've seen enough. Gonna close the curtains now. (laughs) (laughs) The woman named Alma greets Valeriana. She asks if Alma is alone and where is everyone else. Alma asks... Um, Alma tells her that they are afraid. Latona asks um, who um, who is at the door, Valeriana, exclaiming that is the new housekeeper. He tells her to let her in. 
instructing her to close the door when she comes inside. Latona reminds her not to open the door without his authorization. Alma comes inside the house, the family all standing around to meet her. Latona comments, uh, commands her to stop and extend her arms. He checks to make sure she doesn't have any weapons. She's clean. Sarah comments that she wants to grow her hair out just like hers, Latona allowing it and then then asking if if she can wear a dress just like Alma's as well. Not answering, Sarah wants to show her around the house. Ha- not answering, but Sarah still wants to show her around the house. Natalia telling her tomorrow, knowing that Alma must be tired. And I love this. I love like how excited Sarah is for Alma to be yeah, there. It's like a new friend. Right. Which right. is interesting because there was other other housekeepers there. So there was something about Alma that really caught her grasp. Right. And I don't know what it was, but it was interesting that Alma was the one that she was excited for. It's like someone that was like very comforting for her for no reason. Yeah, someone like motherly, that, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say that, like a motherly connection. Yeah, which was interesting. Super interesting. Because in some ways, she totally 100% used um, Sarah. <laughs> Alma used Sarah for sure. Um, Valeriana is showing her around, sharing that she came there 27 years ago. She opens the fridge, showing showing where they keep their food, adding that the Monteverdes buy them everything. The faucet comes on. Valeriana goes over to turn it off. And it comes on by itself. Right. And this is, once again, setting up this movie in a very backwards light. Because it's just, it, in some ways, I don't know what, in these moments, I don't know what this movie is trying to be. Um, yeah, the first time watching this movie, you still feel like cool, paranormal, right? You don't really Ghost think that story. she's even involved in any of this, too. No, she's just another person that's coming into the picture, right? Um, I mean, it's, sure, it's odd that she was staring right outside, of like course. that was odd, but it's like, oh, maybe she has a family member that has been affected by his wrongdoings, right? That was my first perspective of this girl out here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's, she's going to try to kill him or something like that. Right. Yeah. But there's going to be some spooky things happening as well. Yeah. But like, I felt like they added these in here to kind of stay close to the haunted aspect. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's very, uh, there's this like haunting atmosphere that they create in this movie in general where it just feels uneasy watching it, even though there's nothing really going on. Uh, second time yeah. watching it for this time. Uh, I didn't really notice the water turning on by itself until this time around. Oh, really? I don't know why. I totally missed that. Oh, interesting. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Especially that's her first time inside that house. Yeah. And, like, and cool. even um, Mariana is like, like hella confused. She's like, uh, and she like turns it off and she's like, okay, maybe I didn't pay too much attention. To maybe this. I like looked away. I was like, oh, the, the water was always on and she just sure. turned it off. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Suspicious, suspiciously looking at it before showing uh, showing off their room, turning off the light in the kitchen. She quickly shows her around, cut to them getting ready for bed. Varriana uh, commenting of, of commenting the size of the house and that it seems haunted sometimes, letting her know that she should stay she should stay with her so she doesn't get scared. Alma doesn't speak. She continues fixing up her bag. Varriana asking um, if that if that is all she brought and that she will buy more. Sharing that she will requ- she will be required to wear a uniform anyway. While she is getting ready, Alma goes up to her bunk. Variana turns off the lights, leaving the candles on while she gets um gets in bed. Very unsafe. That is very dangerous. Definitely very unsafe. 
Yeah. Definitely unsafe. Uh, she asks Alma, how she, how is everyone in town? Alma just mentions that they're there. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> yeah. Completely fair. Like, you know, they are there. And I like the fact that like, it's mainly because Alma is just like, I don't know this fucking people. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm technically not from there. So, Hey, the camera moves closer. Alma dropping her head down to watch her sleep. Another creepy aspect in the movie that, feels warranted like this feels good to see this creepy shit happen and you're kind of just wondering like okay what the hell's going on with this woman um but at the same time it just it it makes certain scenes feel a little lackluster right yeah so i so i can understand how some people could be a little checked out in certain points that's like that slow burn effects yeah but it's like it still keeps you interested enough to keep going though Right. That's true. It's like, this girl's being weird. Yeah. And the next thing doesn't help. Yeah. I will admit, my second watch through this, I did enjoy this a lot more. I agree. Yeah. You have that perspective already of like what this movie really is about. Exactly. So, like, I, I, when I first watched it, I was just like, "Mm, a bit slow for me. Like, and and I like slow burns. I really like slow burns, but this one fizzled out for me. Or I was just like, "Eh, this was okay. Um, but this time around, I very much enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Quick cut to Amma's head submerged in water. Um, and she looks dead. Yeah. This uh, is pretty I, haunting I was like, right oh here. my God. <laughs> Variana co- commenting that they have showers there. She comes out of the water um, listen, listening to the chants outside while Variana gra- gathers the towels. She starts com- combing her hair as, the chant, as, um, as they are chanting, quote, we want them alive, end quote. Enrique and his family are are watching the protesters. Carmen calling it an invasion, wondering if they um, they will leave them alone. He thinks it is best to not go outside and ask Latona to uh, get them th- get them things from the outside. She rubs Sarah's hair as she as she shares that she doesn't have to go to school, but she wants to go to school. She's like she turns to her mom. She's like, I I actually would very much like to go to school. Please, like this <laughs> sounds like a good. Good time. Yeah. Natalia is speaking up um, that is only for a few days, and she is also skipping shifts at the hospital as well. Amma is standing in the doorway with the frog in her hand. Okay. Uh, Sarah notices and goes over to her, petting the frog. Amma leaves out, and she follows. Um, Anna, or excuse me. Anna leaves out, and Sarah follows. They continue watching until someone, th- until someone throws a message from our sponsors through the window. Hey team, thanks for hopping on. Sorry, that's my dog Melvin barking at the mailman. You can't hear anything? That's because my Acer Swift Go 14 has Acer Purified Voice, which suppresses background noise. Here, I'll tell you what he's saying. <coughs> Unlock AI on the go with the Swift Go 14, featuring an Intel Core Ultra 9 processor. Visit Acer.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. 
This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. And we're back. It threw a rock in the window. Shots fired. <laughs> Sponsored by. Sponsored by <laughs> rocks. <laughs> uh, Nathalia uh, notices that Sarah is gone. She calls for her. Latona rushing them out of the room. She is looking for Sarah, telling Latona to stay with her parents. Now, this is crazy. A lot of shit's happening here where it's just like, whoa, they're throwing rocks inside of these people's windows. Right. Like, yeah. There's some crazy shit going on. I'm surprised no one threw like a Molotov cocktail or something. I mean, the peaceful protest. What are you talking about? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they're throwing um, candy rocks or I don't know what the Candy rocks. rocks. I don't know. That's a thing. Uh, <laughs> she she searches. Pop rocks, she, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she searches for uh, for her daughter inside of a room where a window was broken, finding a protester a, a poster on the bed, looking looking at it until um, another window was broken, snapping her out of it. Natalia continues searching for her daughter as the as orders to arrest people if necessary. Sounds necessary. Some, some, like some of it. She goes into a room, Latona already inside, mentioning that she isn't there and, uh, and as he ushers her out. As she moves to the backyard in search for her daughter, Nathalia notices a frog in the pool, swimming underneath more posters of victims of the genocide. She goes to the, house, the housekeeper quarters where Alma is counting in whispers. She, uh, she's holding Sarah's head in the water, Nathalia pulling her out, shouting for Alma to let her go. Book. In this yeah. moment, did you think she was trying to kill her? Um, it feels like that. It yeah. feels like that. This is like a part of um, his punishment, right? It's one of those things where it's like my first time watch. I have to like always go back to that moment. Is understanding that she might be somewhat involved with a family member dying. That's how I saw it. So I feel like all of this was kind of like for her to get her revenge. And somewhat, that is very much true. <laughs> and very true. But I never thought as her as the person as La Llorona. Sure. Until yeah, well, we'll get right. to it. Until yeah. we get to it, yeah. Sarah's upset that she didn't allow her to stay longer. She's like, I was almost a 21. She mentions that Alma is teaching her to hold her breath and they are going to practice in the pool later. And I'm just like, damn, by holding my daughter's head underwater? Is this how you're teaching my daughter? Natalia takes her out of there, yelling at her, uh, yelling that she was looking for her. Valiana uh, comes into the room, telling Alma that she needs to come help her clean up. While the protest continues, Enrique peers over his balcony. Carmen comes out um, yelling that she that he shouldn't be there because it is dangerous. He continues looking over for a moment, then heads back inside. She watches Alma take out, take out the posters from the pool. And you could tell, like, her uniform is slightly more tight-fitting. She's mm. bent over the pool, and um, you can kind of see a little bit as to why Enrique was staring for so long. Right. Now, it does feel like he's staring, trying to, like, figure this person out in some ways. Like, it doesn't feel sexual, but you can tell that's how Carmen saw it, where it's just like, 
Okay. Like I can see your yeah, ass. Yeah, she does not have a happy it. face when she no. like looks at her. While Carmen she's still is like up to papers. completely down for her man until she's not. <laughs> right. And I think uh, was it Alma has that moment where like maybe she purposely did that to grab his attention, and she does something oh, yeah, else yeah, yeah. later on for too. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. like really grabs his attention later, and it's oh, one of those things like <laughs> I know that you see me like this. Yeah, because I've seen what you've done. Right, yeah. right. Alma eventually looking at her do do so before. Uh, excuse me, Alma eventually looking at her um, before she heads back inside, commenting about the protesters driving her crazy. Natalia and Zara are getting ready for bed. She tells her mom about Alma sharing a fact of where she's from. There being a lot of water and plants growing fast. Natalia asks if she likes Alma. Sarah nods, sharing that she has two kids. Natalia thinking her to be young, commenting that um, natives have ch- children faster. Okay. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Right. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, asking where does she um, leave her son and daughter when she is working there? Sarah nonchalantly comments that they are already dead before leaving out of the bathroom. Fuck. Natalia is in shock. Cuts Enrique smoking a cigarette by the window while Carmen lays awake in bed. He hears someone splashing in his pool. Putting out uh, the cigarette, he goes to check it out. While, um, while slowly and cautiously moving through the halls, he looks out to see Alma swimming in the pool. She slowly emerges out of the water with her clothes on. Enrique moving out of view as she comes inside the house. He hides, but, he hides, but continues keeping an eye on her and, and following her as she continues down the hall. He goes into the housekeeper's quarters, the floor flooded. The bath water is running. He cautiously approaches the tub, Alma sitting on the side of the tub, wringing out her clothes, naked. He watches as he watches her as she glares back at him before continuing. With a slight smile, he is about to approach her before Carmen opens the door and turns on the light. Alma is screaming for Val- Valeriana to help her and um and that Enrique is harassing her. Fuck. Wow. This scene is nuts. Yeah, it it's this is where it's like it starts to pick up a little bit more. Yeah, for it's like, sure. Oh, she for sure involved in all of this. Right. She is La Llorona. Yeah. <laughs> um and with the flooding, that was great. Was crazy, yeah. That it was looks great. great. It looks awesome. And this, the this, lighting too. This so good. Yes, uh, definitely the lighting. Because I know for the Mexican folklore of of uh, La Riona, is that she drowned her children. Correct. I, I believe so. Yeah. And for this Guatemalan um, version, is that her children were drowned in front of her. Right. More of a revenge. Exactly. Story. And this this moment. When she's wringing out her clothes, this is a very interesting moment to me because when she's wringing out her clothes, she's constantly wringing it out. It's like it never gets wrung out. Right. Like water is still coming out of it. And it sounds like the bathtub is on, but if, but I truly think it's actually the, the ongoing, the ringing, ongoing the ringing of the dress. And it, it feels hmm. like that, like how she, how her children are just drowning. And like the water is constant, and it's it's never it's never leaving their lungs, and that's that's what this felt like. So that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, she stares at her husband as he as he has an erection, and he begins wheezing, and I'm just like, Carmen. In this moment, she was like, "I hope you fucking die." 
Like she like yeah, staring at him like, She's like she just out. leaves. Mariana telling him to get out, um, get out of there while calling for Latona. Carmen ashamed, she just leaves. Latona, Natalia, and Sarah look over. Natalia also ashamed at him. Latona telling him to go as Valiana continues asking him to leave. The women are sitting on the stairs. Enrique wheezing as Latona tries to help him up the stairs. This is my favorite shot. Yeah, I fucking love this shot the you framing. see people go up the stairs you see people leave down the stairs and that frame never stops in that moment yeah. it is fantastic this scene enrique comments that he doesn't help he doesn't need help carmen and Thalia, um not looking at him as they instruct variana to give him oxygen enrique and i love how like natalia just like moves out of his way just she's just right. like don't fucking touch me right. like i don't even want you to brush me like, don't touch me. You disgust me. And, like, telling him to pretty much leave. Enrique excuses that the room was flooded. Um, Carmen whispers that she doesn't want to sleep next to him. Nadalia suggests that they um, take him back to the hospital. But it isn't Alzheimer's, so they won't take him in. Claiming that he has he always liked chasing women, especially native ones. Mariana comes, de- comes back down, telling them that that she gave him his oxygen mask. She heads off to bed. Carmen continues that Enrique has always been crazy about women. Natalia not wanting to, uh, wanting her to let it, let it go, let it get to her. But Carmen never thought she would continue dealing with this at her age. She places her head on her mom's shoulders, suggesting that she she should get some rest so she doesn't get sick. Instructing the same to Sarah. Sarah asks if Grandpa did something to Alma. Natalia commanding her to go back to bed. She gets she gets up, kissing her mom and grandma goodnight um carmen excuses herself to go get some water and natalia left holding herself on the stairs and this is why i say this looks like a play because like there's just a light beaming on this one section on the staircase everything else around it is dark and how people leave out of frame so magnificent it's so good and it's one of those things just like it's also one take yeah like these actors Killed they it. got range, dog. Yeah, like it's crazy. Like you can't mess up. Or it's like I don't know how many times they would have to do this shot, but like they nailed it. Yeah, it's spot on, and it just feels like you're part of the moment rather than you're watching something. Right. Absolutely. Valiana and Alma are lighting some candles. Natalia knocks on the door. She apologizes for her father, asking her to understand that he's under stress, promising that it won't happen again. Carmen coming beside her, demanding Alma to not wear her uniform anymore because it is too tight. Natalia bids them goodnight, closing the door behind her. Now day, Natalia is performing a checkup on her dad, asking him to open his shirt. Um, he opens it. She checks his breathing, noticing that he has bronchitis and they must treat his breathing deficiency. Enrique claims that um, they can't leave with the protesters outside. She demands that he apologizes to Ama in the meantime, thinking of the scandals if she if she chooses to report him. Ama is picking up some dishes, listening to their conversation from afar. And this motherfucker's over here trying to blame it on sleepwalking. Right. He's just like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, no, fuck you. No, you knew exactly what you were doing. You were going to literally approach this woman. Right. Like, she even says, like, you've never sleep, uh, sleepwalked. Right. It's like, nah. As the protesters chant and sing, Carmen is in the bathroom inspecting herself in the mirror. She puts eye drops in her eyes. Meanwhile, Natalia is trying to uh, meditate. Carmen coming inside, coming outside to ask her to check her eyes. I fucking love this. I love that she's getting this irritation in her eyes because it feels like this is like Ama planting the seed. 
Right. And like how she's going to now experience literally what Alma felt because of the way Carmen has this devotion to her husband. Right. She's like, I'm going to show you exactly who this person is and you're going to live exactly what I lived through. She believes it to be Pink Eye, Carmen thinking her her room to be too humid, asking if she finds Enrique showing showing, uh, with... uh, showing up with Valeriana one day, sharing that she was a little, but Valeriana was also a child, barely older than Sarah, knowing that good deeds aren't coming from him. Natalia asks, um, wait a second though, this is interesting, because um, Valeriana says that she's been there for 27 years. Valeriana looks like she's 50, maybe late 50s. Sure. 27 years and, and she was supposed to come there as a child, barely older than Sarah. Sarah looks like she's what, maybe 11, 12? Mm, that's fair. Yeah. So uh, that math ain't added up to me. <laughs> Natalia asks if she is trying to tell her uh, tell her something. Um, or she asks, what is she trying to tell her? Carmen thinks that Variana is her half-sister. Natalia, not believing it, exclaiming her to relax. And I love I love this. She's like, Mama. Like, shut up. (laughs) Garmin thought she was she was over it, but she can't stop thinking about it. But yet she doesn't know what she what she would do without Valeriana. Natalia is is setting Enrique's oxygen mask, um, asking how he met Valeriana. He tells her that she already knows that she turns on the machine, asking why didn't uh, uh, why he didn't like Sarah's father. Once again, we get another story of Sarah's dad. Um. And the way that they even say it, like Sarah's father, never her husband, not a boyfriend, right. not a fling, nothing like that, which is why I think he was literally just Sarah's father. Exactly. But he he was the one who didn't like her, telling her that uh, telling her not to confuse things. And you get I, I feel like you get spouts of Enrique's character, but there aren't many moments where Enrique speaks. Right in this movie, so I feel like this moment is where you truly get his character. He's very short, very to the point. It's it, he believes one way, and it's his way, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, he reaches to his hand. He reaches his hand out to her, sharing that he loves her. She gives his hand back to him, tapping, um, tapping it, saying that she knows. She is not happy with him right now. That's really the scene. Natalia is is sitting on the bed while Sarah stares at the protesters outside the window. She sits next to her mom, calling the music beautiful. Natalia agreeing. Enrique and Carmen are in bed. She turns the light off. Cut to Carmen with two kids speaking in Cachiquel. Um... To the kids to keep moving. She picks up the girl while the... While the boy... She picks up the girl while the boy holds her hand and they run. And I didn't say this earlier, but Sarah gives context that... Alma had a boy and a girl. So she gives yeah. that earlier when she tells her mom that she had children. Followed by people whistling at them as they run through the field of vegetation. They make it to a hut, hiding inside as the whistles and footsteps get closer to them. She holds them close, the kids moving when her water breaks. This was interesting. But you said she was pregnant? It Water leaves underneath that area. I thought she peed herself, that she's so scared. I don't know. Because she was surprised. Like, I feel like, I don't know, this and this, the way that it flowed, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know. Because in like real life, I mean, when she wakes up, she also pees herself. She also pees herself, right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, so I assume it might be pee, but I don't know. 
that'd be crazy that she was pregnant as well. Yeah. That's even sadder. I mean, it it couldn't be too far-fetched, right? Right, of course. I mean, it, it's it, a lot of the fucked up shit that these people have done. Carmen wakes up looking down at her crotch because she soiled the bed. She takes some extra she takes some extra folded sheets, placing them on her side of the bed. Uh, Carmen is sitting with her daughter, Natalia, sharing that it is normal normal at her age. Carmen calls it an accident. Natalia acknowledging while she pulls out some adult diapers. She looks away. Natalia is um, letting her know um, that she doesn't have to wear them um, if she doesn't want to. She puts the, she puts them back in the cupboard, coming coming back sharing that she knows she knows where they are if she ever needs them. Tears fall down Carmen's face, Natalia kissing and holding her. Sarah, and this is kind of heartbreaking as well. Sarah is holding her breath in the pool as Alma counts at the foot of the pool. She starts struggling as Alma continues to count until she is pulled out of the water. Alma and Sarah are looking out of the window at the crowd. Sarah is looking at a picture, not believing it to be someone that is also standing in the crowd currently. Alma telling her to look again, sure that it is him. Sarah confirms that it is him. And this is a, this is interesting here because we actually get moments that Alma actually speaks Spanish. And this yeah. was kind of surprising. Where it, it, she made it seem like in the beginning that she doesn't speak Spanish. Right. And I love that she chose only Natalia and um, Sarah to speak Spanish to. Fucking fantastic. Natalia comes into the room asking her what she is doing and not to not play around. Sarah shares that they aren't playing. Natalia asks for Alma to take her somewhere else. She's cleaning up the posters, looking at an image of a man that is in the crowd staring back up at her so good fucking great and the way they like frame the shot too everyone's eyes are looking in one direction he's the only one that's looking up so So your immediate attention as a the audience you only look at him yeah that's true that's very true everyone's one direction he's the opposite and you're just like damn i cannot i I could pick you out of the crowd even if i didn't look at that poster i'm still looking at you with this shot exactly Natalia looks back down at the poster, making sure it is him. Natalia is, listen, is listening to coverage about the genocide while looking over all the posters of the victims. She stops to watch the coverage of the case. She looks out of the window, Latona dropping off what she asked for. She, I wonder what it was. <laughs> I never, I never said it. She asked for him. Um, she asked for him to leave. Uh, the. Excuse me. She asked for him to leave it as she continues staring out of the window. She he also brought something for Sarah. She gives her thanks before looking back looking back outside. She asks how risky is it to go out. He believes it to be very risky. I mean, have you yeah. like I would say so. They do not like you or your family. Like they really don't like your daddy, but like, holding up pictures you of never their family know. that gone missing. Exactly. She comments that, uh, that being there is making her sick. He understands. She asks if, if he knows about Sarah's father, finding it odd that he disappeared. There I go again. Latona doesn't have any info on that, nobody knowing what, what he was involved in. And I was at this point, I forgot. Um, but I was like, damn, does this dude not have a name? Like, it's always Sarah's father. They never say his name. They do say it eventually. But it's just like, goddamn. <laughs> Fuck, who is this fucking mystery man? Who is this man? guy? And is he La Llorona? <laughs> I mean, shit. But, you know, it's interesting here because you do... This is where you get the context of, um, okay, he worked with them. Mm. So, because it, it kind of felt like Natalia and Latona had something going on. 
That's fair. Like they yeah, had a little a moment assumption. of flirtation in the beginning, but that was it. That was like the only spark you got. But it was just interesting, I feel like, on how that was set up with them. But I don't know. So we we get that context of like, oh, okay, this dude used to work for your dad. Got Basically, it. Yeah. yeah. So I think what I truly think would happen is when Enrique said that he was the one who didn't like you to Natalia. I think he ordered him to get killed. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Her father for sure is the reason why he's gone. Yeah. Like it has to be right. For whatever the reason was for sure. He's the dude that made it happen. That's like some mafia type shit. Yeah. Like you look at my daughter the wrong way. Yeah. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> like, you know, take like, your shoes off in my house. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's it just, it's crazy. He thinks it is the best. It is best for her to stay away from from those issues. He excuses himself. Sarah is playing checkers with Alma. Them having a good time while Carmen and Enrique are arguing behind them. She slaps him and walks off. And it looked like he spit on her. Um, but I don't know. Like, it, like it looks like the motion of like someone going to spit. Oh, for sure. He spits He's, on her. He spits on her first, and then she slaps him. Right. That's what I'm so, saying. So yeah, no, 100. percent That's he spits exactly on her, what right? happened. Okay, because like that was I, I, I'm sure she was confronting. It's like I know what you're doing, the way you look at these like women and stuff like that, right. whatever. And he's like, "Don't talk to me like that." Spit, right? And then slap. Damn. And that mark on his face, well deserved. Yeah, definitely well deserved. Still needs more. But. He, <laughs> cut to him checking on his bruise in a mirror. Um, Natalia coming, looking at him as she, he applies ointment. She asks if he needs help. He claims that he doesn't. She fucking did. She's like, all right, that's enough for me. <laughs> I'm out of there. Alma is making up her bed um, or making up a bed. Natalia asking where Sarah is. Alma answers that she is watching TV. She tells Alma to, to have a seat next to her, asking if, if Sarah saw, saw when her mom hit her dad. Alma nods. Natalia asking if she was scared. She answers that she wasn't. Alma asking um, about Sarah's father. So this is the last official context of the, of the dad here. Nathalia wonders if Sarah talked about uh, talked to her about him, but Sarah wants to know how and where he is. Um, Alma shares that her husband was skinny and he laughed a lot. Nathalia asks where he is, but Alma doesn't know. Nathalia thinking that he left her, but Alma claims that he didn't. Wondering the same for Sarah's dad with her. Nathalia doesn't know. Alma excuses herself. Nathalia sharing um, that his name is Carlos. And that he also laughed a lot. Yeah, he did. Yeah, like he like the whole context both, is they're there. Both dead. They're like like empathizing, or they're like having this connection with each other. Right, so like we're in the same boat. Exactly. Back to Carmen's horrible dream: her being pulled out of the hut by her hair, her two kids screaming as they're being carried away. The hut is now on fire; shots firing in the background. Carmen. Um, wakes up to real gunshots and explosion outside. She turns on the light, face beating with sweat as she tries to catch her breath and hold back tears. She can't hold it in, silently sobbing. Amma's going full grudge in the middle of the floor, though. That's true. Sarah blowing her hair dryer, blowing a hair dryer on her face as they repeat words in Spanish and cachical. Seven days. <sighs> Dude. This she's just sitting there with right, her hair over her face and it looks creepy, creepy as fuck. And see, this is and you just see the hair dryer. Nope, not yeah, not exactly. yeah, not my house, little bitch. <laughs> so like that's that's what that's what I'm saying. Where a lot of the stuff that happens in this film, this just feels like they're sprinkling in these horror elements to sprinkle them in. 
Right. Like it it doesn't feel warranted for some of the story aspect. Uh, I think it does in some type of way where it's like it's, you're supposed to feel uneasy watching this because the story itself is horrific. So no, you that's not fair. have some downtime. Downtime. Right. No, that's fair. Like I, that makes sense, but the way it kind of discontinues that with Sarah coming in and being the one that like, Oh, it's actually a hairdryer. Right. Like I would have loved for her to just be creepy and just like sitting on the floor as a break and and then just standing up a little bit of a break. But yeah, you get that almost immediately. And it's one of those things where I was saying, it's like, it leaves you hanging as a viewer. It's like, Oh, what am I watching? Oh, we're back in. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's the answer. Yeah. Enrique calls for uh, Varriana Alma uh, glaring back at him. Varriana runs runs into the room. He mentions that he mentions the wall is killing him. They move the bed out of the way. The wall molding. Varriana calling it black magic. Mm. He asks for her to clean it, to clean that up, but they must clean him first. Enrique sits in the laundry room. Varriana prepping prepping for the cleansing ritual, and I love. I love this. When she places a plant on his head while right. saying the words, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what's happening? Quote, all the hatred, all the talking about bad things must leave. Negative energy. I ask you to leave this house for the sake of the family. Ancestors, please help us understand who wants to harm us. Protect our family from all evil. Make evil go away. End quote. She does this while uh, while patting him with the plant. Meanwhile, Carmen is looking down at the crowd as they look all look up at her. This is so fucking creepy. I think these are all the victims now. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Natalia holding um, Natalia hold, holds her while she stares back at them, telling her that they need to go back inside. Alma and Valdiana are cleaning the wall. Valdiana mentioning that she, um, that she spoke with uh, Juana from their town to get more help. She claims that she doesn't know who Alma is, asking her asking her where she's from. Alma comments that she's from the deepest part of the mountain by the river. Varriana believes that she is talking about believes that this to be by the old military camp. Alma share, says that she used to um she used to excuse me. Alma says that she used to live there before the killings began. She asks Alma her age cuz she's like shocked at this point. She's like, "How old are you?" Right. Like you're sus now. Come yeah, on. Like, like, who this, are you? like this was 40 years ago. How old are you? Uh, she asks Alma her age, but she declares that she doesn't remember. <laughs> Good answer. Got to Latona in bed. He wakes up when he hears someone weeping. Sarah walks down the hall. Latona uh, continues, down, continues down with his gun drawn. She enters her grandpa's room, unplugging his oxygen and removing the tank. And by she, I mean Sarah. Yeah. Goddamn. Like what? Holy fuck. Latona is walking into the kitchen, two children holding his hand. The little girl shushes him and instructs him to follow her. And that's the last we see of Latona. That's it. We don't see him again. That's true. Yeah. That's it. Like, he, he gone. Disappears. Where'd you go? Where's the security? Like, no security can stop him. Enrique wakes up realizing that his oxygen tank is missing. Sarah uh, takes the tank outside um, toward the pool. She walks into the water. Her mom wakes up um, from the splash. Sarah underwater, breathing through the tank. Natalia is looking is looking for her. Enrique goes into the backyard toward the pool. Alma staring at him before submerging into the water. He points the, his gun at the water and Natalia banging on the window while calling for Sarah. He shoots the gun, hitting Sarah in the arm. 
Carmen screaming Damn. no while wrestling him for the gun. He shouts that Ama is hiding in the water and he calls her a gorilla. Um, Sarah emerges out of the water, Nathalia jumping in to get her. Carmen screaming that it is Sarah, but he, he believes that Alma's under the water. Nathalia brings Sarah out of the water. She's holding her arm from uh, where she was uh, shot. And I will admit, Sarah's handling being shot very well. Right. That's she, happened before. Yeah, she's just like... I'm sure. Calm. Not She's in pain, right. but it's more like, like someone scratched her. She's right. like, ow. She's like, I, I would be fucking sobbing. Could be a little graze. Who knows? It looked like he fucking connected, but I don't know. Yeah. Shouting for for him to stay away for, uh, from her. She points the gun at her dad, Valeriana, stepping in front of him. Once again, that dedication. <laughs> Hardcore, she, yeah. Yeah. She tells her to move out of the way um, while commanding him, while commanding him to walk. Cut to them holding holding and sedating Enrique. Um, excuse me. Cut to them holding and sedating Enrique. He um, believes it all to be almost fault while calling for La, La Dona. Sarah notices the backyard filled with frogs. The others the others hear the croaks going going on um, to Sarah, looking at them out of the window. Natalia pulls her back. The woman all embracing each other. Variana points out the children standing in the shadows. The others wondering how they got past security. She mentions that um, the guards can't hold them. The weeping wails of Ama ring out. Sarah mentioning that she's known Enrique for a long time. Natalia, uh, Natalia ask if she was if she has told her anything else. She asked Sarah not to drown. That was fucking fantastic. And I think that's like her teaching her not to drown. All those like lessons of like holding her breath and stuff yeah. like that. It's like something she wish I don't she want taught her children. Right. It's like I don't want the same thing that happened to you. Right. What happened to my kids? Absolutely. Natalia asked Variana um, on what is happening. Variana asked for them to grab all the candles and sugar. They do. They do so. More people watching from outside the house. They light the candles, joining hands. Variana calling, calling upon the four elements and their ancestors to protect them. The wailing continues around them as the crowd watches even closer outside the window, and it's loud. And yeah. the crowd is the victims. Like these are 100%. all the victims yeah. surrounding the house at this point in time, and they don't look ghoulish. They look normal. They look exactly no, how they look. Still terrifying. Still terrifying. It's, like it's a dark. Large amount of people outside my yep. own house Staring. and stuff like that in the dark. It's scary. Yeah. While praying, Sarah can't catch her breath. Natalia screaming for her to breathe. Carmen leans back in a catatonic state. Natalia panicking for her as well. This shit is crazy. Jump wild. cut to Carmen being dragged by the soldiers as the people and children are executed around her. They call upon the general while while taking while t- taking her children away from her. The general asks where the gorillas are hiding, but she doesn't understand what he's saying, and that her and her husband aren't gorillas, pleading for him to let her children go. He gives her an ultimatum: if she doesn't tell him, then he will drown her kids. She shouts that she doesn't know as they drown her children. He holds the gun to her head, exposing that um, it was in fact Enrique holding the gun to her. Shot fired, Ama is lying with the bullet in her head. A bullet hole in her head as Carmen looks looks at her, then back at her sadistic husband. She chokes him until he dies. Back to reality, Carmen actually choking him to death. And this was this was great. This was so great. And I like how everyone's just watching. Watching and not being any like they're not stopping her. No, they're they're just holding each other. Like knowing like this needs to be done. And that, the movie does a really great thing of just 
transitioning that very quickly. And although it's a very intense scene, it doesn't stay there long. Right. Definitely doesn't. They're at the funeral. The horns sound as everyone gives their condolences one by one. Afterwards, one of the generals goes to the bathroom. While using the urinal, he overhears the weeping. Looking around, nobody else hears it, and they all leave. The urinals begin to flood. He runs out, leaving us with almost cries for her children. Then, credits. Man. This this movie is is definitely good. Like, yeah. like I think this movie is really good. Um, like I said, it is slow. This movie's not fast at all. Um, but like it, it's slow, but it does ramp up in moments that are very, very necessary in my opinion. I agree. I feel like, like I said, like every scene will leave you with a lasting impact where it has that slow burn, but every yeah. scene makes sense. There's a reason for it. Exactly. And even like the ending, although I feel like it's a little cheesy, it's like, oh, we can continue this story if we want to. They didn't right. really wrap up this story. And they did. But like I said, it was very fast. Like you yeah. go from choking them to immediately jumping right to the funeral. Right. To just jump into the next story. And I love how like at the funeral, though, it's all of them. Including yeah. Mariana, like standing with them as well, like right. she was family. Um, so it it's interesting that also too, none of them are crying. No, none of them are are and obviously grieve the way you grieve, right. but it's just fascinating. Yeah. It's just super fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's a very crazy character study of like this whole entire family because each person yeah. had their own like motives or characterization of like yeah, the mom was going through stuff. Natalia right. was going through stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's really fascinating how well directed this was. Oh yeah, it's beautiful and gorgeous. It's, it's literally this movie's like art to me. Like, yeah, no, I agree with that. It, it's gonna be hard for like rewatchability, but yeah, yeah, I definitely won't rewatch this anytime soon. It's a hard movie to recommend to other people as well. Yeah, I would say this is a movie where you want to set expectations. Right. Especially the fact that it's on, it's exclusive on a platform that is known for horror. Right. And so, granted, horrifying story. Yeah, absolutely. No one's arguing that. But yeah. But this is not your traditional horror film. horror film. Yeah. Right. But I got one movie fact for us here. One movie fact? <gasps> this one movie fact is very short. First Guatemalan film to ever be nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film. Good. Good for them. Fuck yeah. Good for them. Well, that's all I got. Guatemala. <laughs> Just not the genocide part. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we love Freddy. We stand Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let us know what you think about La Riona over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod. That's night with a K. We definitely want to keep this conversation going because we do find this very intriguing. And also... We are probably going to dive a little bit more into the actual history inside the post show. Um, so if you are intrigued by that and you you were like, all right, this is my chance. I'm going to sign up for a post show. Um, feel free to do so. You can do so right now um, to get that episode available to you to have a little bit more content at the Weeping Prince tier. So feel free to do that on our patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. Um, but the next film that we are going to be covering in our list here is going to be another Shutter exclusive. Terrified. I'm so excited to watch this again. Very excited to watch this again. Um, I think this is going to be a David-ass movie. 
So I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a, just in a little quick disclaimer. Freddie is not going to be there on this episode. We're switching spots again. Exactly. We've been doing this. So it's it, they're playing they're playing podcast tag, but I'll be here. Um, but yeah, so it, it is going to be David only on that episode as well. Um, but yes, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights. Alongside me, we have Freddie. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get the shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. Buy a pledge on Patreon. You've access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.